KTN. Connecting for positive change. Welcome everyone to the fourth episode of the Battery Cafe, focusing on electric vehicle fire safety. I'm Nicoletta Pipridu from the Clean Energy and Infrastructure team at KTN, hosting today's episode alongside my colleague, Sheena Hindota. Hi, Sheena. Hi, everyone. Great to be back. I'm Sheena Hindota from KTN's Chemistry and Industrial Biotechnology team. Thank you. And for those of you who haven't listened to our previous episodes, the Battery Cafe is an initiative of the Cross-Sector Battery Systems Innovation Network, a community funded by KTN and the Faraday Battery Challenge. The Innovation Network aims to open new markets for the battery industry, promote innovation in batteries and help decarbonize a wide range of end users. If you haven't already, go check out our online platform at ukbatteriesnetwork.org. You'll find lots of useful material and our previous episodes on investment in batteries, battery recycling and market trends for solid-state batteries. Today with us, two special guests, Thomas Bartlett, Innovation Lead, Batteries at Innovate UK. Hi, Thomas. Hi, hi everyone, good to you. Thank you. And Jonathan Baston, Principal Scientist at the Health and Safety Executive. Hi, Jonathan. Hello, everybody. Hi, Jonathan. Uh, so, everyone, make yourselves a coffee and join us. So, today we're discussing EV fire safety. The topic is very broad and of interest not only to sector specialists, but also to the wider public. So, let's start by framing the challenge. What are the key elements to be considered, Thomas? Is it what happens to an electric vehicle at a crash incident, or what happens to the battery, or how they should be treated by first responders, or perhaps all that and more? Uh, great question, Nicola. So, I mean, really, all these things need to be considered. I guess when we start looking, when vehicles start rolling off the production line, I mean, they have to pass strict, strict tests to make sure they're safe, you know, hosted, it's actually agreed and ratified standards. So, these, these things come up you know, generally safe most of the time. I guess the interesting thing is when vehicles meet the real world, amazing things can happen. Um, you know, things can and, can and will eventually happen. First, really, it's looking at how things can go wrong. So, you know, as we see more and more EVs on the road, with the best will in the world, it's inevitable that eventually something will go wrong somewhere. Um, it's the same for all products worldwide, really. Uh, and you're seeing that sometimes. You know, QC quality control is not 100% effective. Um, we're seeing already, you know, fairly large number of recalls of, of, of batteries. Um, you know, there's been a small few number of issues detected. Um, so that's how one thing can go wrong. Um, also, you know, in terms of battery line vehicles, these are controlled by battery management system. Um, damage in, in the real world can cause this to stop working as effectively as it was when it came off that production line and, and for batteries to not be as managed as effectively. Um, and then obviously, you know, the obvious one, Crashes, you know, these can be high speed crashes, um, which can cause major, major impact and damage to battery packs and cells and the battery system management systems, and also low, you know, low collision crashes as well. Uh, and there's some reports out there of EVs going into sort of failure, parked, or some, you know, parked up. Um, you could be potentially due to low speed collisions or later to failure. So there's lots of ways that things can go wrong as we're looking at the large volume of electric vehicles that eventually miss on the roads. And secondly, it's critical that when they do go wrong, um, we, can, we can deal with it. And I guess that's the interesting thing is that I, in terms of internal combustion engines and EVs, that's very different in terms of how we should deal with it. 
main difference is obviously is we've got really high voltage system. We've got hundreds of volts in these batteries and, and in these vehicles. When they do go wrong, and we're talking about fires and things like this, the gases they emit are different. How they catch fire is different. We've got things such as reignition of electric vehicles. You know, these classic pictures of this, these Teslas you see reigniting on the back of, you know, sort of recovery vehicles and things like that. And therefore, how you need to deal with them is different. How emergency responders need to deal with them and the public need to sort of alter their approach in, in sort of accidents and, and when things happen. And then the third really is, is what we do after the, after the accidents in terms of removing from highways, declaring these vehicles safe to go on to our recovery units and go away for recycling or investigation if they're in, you know, if they're sort of in, in investigated by police. And as well, understanding the difference in the environmental impact as well, attacking EV fires. You know, typically EVs need a lot more water to, to put them out. Um, so it's really how, you know, how, how we understand the amount of waters that we need, the runoff, the chemicals, etc. And also ensuring that we have the sort of mechanisms and policies in place to be able to recycle these damaged packs, to make sure these things aren't ending up in, you know, in sort of uh, refuse yards and things. And really this all comes down to sort of training awareness and constantly improving our approach. It's sort of global learning improves, as you know, this is new um, to, to everybody. And really understanding that, you know, internal combustion engines have benefited from over a hundred years of infrastructure and learning. And with EVs, we need to quickly get to the same point. Um, it's a big challenge, but I know one that I and a lot of others in the community are, are pretty passionate about. So, yeah. Wow, Thomas, that was brilliant. It's such a great overview and everything from production to in use to what happens after the accident is important and needs to be considered. Um, thanks so much for that. Jonathan, thinking specifically about the battery cells, could you talk us through what causes a lithium battery cell to fail and what happens when it does fail? Thank you, Sheena. Well, that's, uh, again, quite a broad question, and I'm going to apologise for purists out there. I can't possibly cover everything there is to say about this subject. That would take you several hours of academic uh, lectures, and I'm not going there. Um, but broadly speaking, uh, a battery will fail, uh, a lithium-ion battery will fail, when there's some kind of internal short circuit. There's many ways you can get that internal short circuit. It could be a production fault. It could be uh, a fault that's grown into the battery as an aging process. It could be a crush incident, however, or it could be an overheating incident. Uh, the, one of the things that stops short circuits from forming is a, a separator that's part of the battery. If you get to a high enough uh, point on the battery uh, temperature scale, that separator is going to stop working and you get an internal short circuit. Uh, there's uh, many other things as well, many bits of chemical reaction. So Try to pin down exactly what causes a battery to fail. Well, there can be any number of things, and they can be caused by, uh, say, collision, vibration, uh, electrical failures, either internally or externally caused. And I think the, the other big thing we've got to be aware of is that when you're putting that into the context of an electric vehicle, it might be that the battery starts to fail first and causes a fire. It could quite easily be that something else in the vehicle or external to the vehicle fails first. And then you've got your electric vehicle battery pack engulfed in a car fire that happens to be the car it's built in. And that may well merrily join in at that point. Um, so there, there's any number of reasons. So when a battery does fail, it will generally produce some gas. Uh, it will generally get hot and self-heat us. 
Um, and as it does so, that gas is going to escape. It may well ignite immediately. Uh, sometimes it doesn't, uh, but more often than not, it does. It may then start to eject different contents out of the pack. And that really just depends on how the battery pack is put together, the types of cells being used. So it's really quite hard to produce some kind of generalization there. But I think the key message from this actually is a battery pack is made up of uh, between hundreds and thousands of individual cells. And as I've talked about, one of the things that can cause a cell to fail is getting hot. So if you have a cell that's failed and generates a lot of heat, then the heat that that first cell generates can set off the cells around it. And so you're more likely to get this thermal propagation type event. So the event grows just by the heat generated. You don't have to have flames involved. Uh, just the heat will sort it out. So that has the implication on how you look at these fires. Just because you don't see flame doesn't mean that the chemistry that's setting off the thermal propagation is finished or is not happening. Uh, just because you get rid of flame doesn't mean your event's over. And that ties back in with what Thomas was saying about using huge amounts of water to deal with these events. The water's there not just to put out the flame, but to take the heat out of the battery pack. Because without that heat coming out of the pack, um, you, your event is not over. And I think that's the slightly different thing with electric vehicle fires, is knowing when that event is over, because it's more than just a flame-based fire event. Thank you very much, Jonathan. It, it sounds in, indeed as a very complex area with many challenges. So I don't know, tell us a little bit more. Well, I think just trying to work out how as a nation we, we cover this off is quite an interesting challenge. If, as Thomas has said, when you look at across the whole of the electric vehicle life spectrum, uh, there's a range of challenges at every stage there. And who within the UK gets to see those different challenges will depend a little bit where it is. So I think trying to share the knowledge that there is, trying to share the understanding that we've gained is going to be important. I think uh, we can be frustrated about the amount of knowledge that's out there. We would all love to have far more evidence to, to work with going forward. And there's a challenge there. Um, but there is there is good precedent about how we deal with these. But I don't think we've necessarily yet seen the full spectrum of the events that we might yet see. Excellent. Thanks so much, Jonathan. So, Thomas, you recently led and really supported the delivery of two workshops in this area with a range of stakeholders. And it was really interesting to engage with and hear the views from different services like police, the fire service and other first responders. Are you able to share some of the key findings from that work? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So I guess it'd be useful to give a bit of background about how these workshops came about, really. So there's a fairly battery challenge that obviously involved a lot of talking with the community. And fire just kept on, and fire safety, and when I say fire, I think we can group this in terms of sort of battery accidents, because it's not just fire that we're talking around here. But, you know, so these fire accidents are, you know, people are interested, people are working in these areas, but not everyone's sure about what everyone's doing. Um, and, and we want to help really pull together some of the players and start, you know, have at least a forum where people start talking about this. Um, and so that's, that's what we did. So we held two, two workshops um, earlier this year, um, really looking at this issue, really in terms of the format of what I just what I said, I think, a bit earlier, which is in terms of when things roll off the production line to the end of life and sort of how, what challenges there are there in terms of accidents and safety. 
for batteries, how it differs to incredible combustion engine vehicles, and uh, what what we as, as the UK can could do to sort of you know help. Um, and I guess some of the key finds about it really is that there's there's already a lot of really good work happening in the UK and internationally. I think that's that's a really good thing to say. You know, we're not all starting from scratch in this way. Um, you know, just in terms of the Bradley Batch Challenge and, and our partners at the Bradley Institution, we're already funding projects in this area. So the Libris project, which um, KPC and, and Jonathan himself was involved in, uh, which recently closed, um, it's a great project to looking at, um, you know, improving sort of things around the thermal propagation and understanding how that happens. And the SafeBack project from the FI is a one and a half million year project looking at all aspects of, of, of battery safety and, and how we can how can improve that. Um, so there's always good work, um, but really it's a really fast changing area. There's new learning all the time um, and use a real good effort to sort of close this loop and get everyone on the same page and the same room. So, so really the, the key findings from happening that was this thing that I think Jonathan's already alluded to, which is this need to share knowledge and understanding. There's a lot of stuff happening in the UK, a lot of stuff happening internationally, but really there's, there's not a lot of people gathering all of that and making that evidence and all of that sort of understanding work and presenting that to the community so everyone's on the same page there is a lack of really good data on what happens because you most really complex problem right so taking you know cell tests that are happening in the lab and then saying right that's what's in a vehicle and how many different situations can you find yourself in the real world in terms of that you know accidents involving vehicles be it is this in a tunnel? Is this in a car park? Is this in a residential area? Is it raining? Is it, you know, all, all these different things. So that's really, I think the key thing is really needing to understand the knowledge gaps so we can help close them, work internationally with all the other people doing on this to close them. Um, and I think another real key output of this was that everyone's really, everyone and all the actors involved are really positive, really engaged, have a lot of energy um, to make this happen across the emergency services, industry, academia and government. And a lot of work's already happening, it's just about joining it up, right? Um, and I guess it's a selfish plug for the, um, this is where sort of the innovation network comes in, really. It's about pulling these people together, uh, getting the conversations happening, so making sure all that information is shared. And then out of that will come these gaps that we need to fill, be it from a R&D funded competition, that we're probably about to challenge to help with in the future, or if it's a regulatory issue, so for example, or standard, so, for example, the, the BSI, who we've been working with, recently held um, looking at sort of next phase. So we've been working with them for three passes on all things batteries, which are, which are really worth the read. And we're looking at sort of where we could do next. And number one on their list was fire safety. Um, you know, so it's, there's a lot of work to do there as well. But yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a real positive document. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's uh, yeah, been really interesting. Great to engage the community on it. And I think, yeah, there's a shared, shared passion to get things done in the area, I'd say. Thank you very much. And indeed, it was a great piece of work. And, and what do you have planned next, Thomas? How can companies get involved? So, I mean, at the moment, we've recently finished the workshops. So we're still looking at, well, getting more people's opinions and more people's thoughts on this. So really just trying to pull everyone together and all the actors. It's a widespread network of people. Um, so that's one of the things we're doing, trying to get the UK and internationally pulled together on this. Um, we are looking at possibly doing something on the hub. I can't guarantee it at the moment, but looking at maybe putting this up on the hub, getting a bit more of a wider feedback, similar to what we did with some of the cross-sector targets work, which some, some people may be familiar with, getting some people's opinions on that. 
Um, and really in terms of how to get involved, that would be a good way, or just try and contact me um, through support at innovateuk.ukri.org. Uh, addresses and value capture challenge and i'd love to talk to anybody who's interested in the space really thank you so much thomas and uh, for those that don't know them and thomas mentioned the hub it's the uh, uk batteries network.org hub uh, you can register there and get most information on activities we're doing here at kcn also what's going on across the wider community and network with other members as well as well so please do uh, join up there so jonathan just there uh, going back to you how can companies get more engaged with HSE on this and do you offer any specific services um, in the area? Perhaps you offer to partner on projects, uh, what is it that you're up to at the moment? Yeah, so we, we have a whole range of offerings. So we have been involved with a, a number of Faraday funded projects, the Libris one being one in, in point and there's others in other sectors. Uh, so we can uh, happily partner with people in that. Uh, we do some work commercially as well. We have a, a large site up here in Buxton where we take a, undergo a lot of destructive test work across all kinds of weird and wonderful areas, from hydrogen safety through to slips and trips and uh, all, all sorts of things. So uh, I and my team run a, a number of abuse test chambers. They're about to commission our modular test chamber. So we can do quite a lot of experimental evidence gathering there. And that includes getting uh, gas analysis, getting pressure measurements of cells as they're uh, failing uh, so we can get the volume and composition of gas coming off. And uh, we have a, a rather multidisciplinary team of folk working with us so we can draw in experts from all kinds of different areas, uh, which we found really quite useful. And we've worked with stakeholders from a whole range of uh, different areas, from motorsport through to space and aviation, uh, uh, all sorts of things in the past. So if you're uh, wanting to talk to that again, if you get in touch with me uh, through the Batteries Hub, I think Sheen has mentioned, um, I'm very happy to talk to you and how we could work together with that. Thank you very much. And thank you to, to both our brilliant guests. And thank you all for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. And don't forget to visit our online hub on ukbatteriesnetwork.org and register to receive our news and updates and participate in the networking area of the hub. Hopefully also work closely together further on the topic of EV fire safety. And our next episode will focus on batteries for off-highway vehicles. Till the next time. Bye! KTM. Connecting for positive change.